welcome to For What It's Worth. There's your cookie. Have fun. <laughs> An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Wisconsin, Texas. Do you remember the power glove? We do. One thing about coming out to a convention on the East Coast. That's not the East Coast, Minnesota is not the East Coast. Oh. Rue still has one. Now, bend over and prepare to receive the full glory. Pull that record. <laughs> We're done. Abort. Oh my god, it's so bad. Oh, yeah. I didn't even put it on here, but I know what's coming next. Or do you? Oh, yeah, I do. Here's those two fools, Ruin Tugs. Welcome to For What It's Worth. Yay! Yay! We're here! (laughs) At least I'm here. Tugs isn't here. So guess what? We have our lovely guest host once again joining us from all the way up to Timbuktu. (laughs) Click! Yay, I'm here too. Hello, Click. To. Jeez. It's it's 40 minutes away. It's not that bad. Is it 40 minutes away? It's a 40-minute drive. That is so far away. It kind of is. Why did you move so far? Because it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what have you been up to, my friend? Not a thing. I was sitting here thinking about it, like the whole recap thing. Like, what have I been doing since I was on here last? My life is really boring. What? I haven't been doing anything. I go to work and I come home and that's about it. <laughs> well, and then you sit on the computer and you play various games. What games have you been playing? Um, Kind of the same old stuff. Actually, I've, I got a new one. It's in early release. It's called Derail Valley. It's kind of a train simulator. The physics on it are really good, but it's hard because it's early access and it's called Derail Valley. So it derails a lot. Well, speaking of derailing, you know what I forgot to do? Hmm. Tell everybody what this episode's going to be. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Ah, So what are we going to be talking about today, Click? Old people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're going to be talking about old people, we're going to be talking mostly about the generational gap, maybe talking a little bit about OK Boomer type stuff. (laughs) gray furs different things like that um the the, the gray muzzle thing is a little more relevant the okay boomer thing's pretty new and interesting but definitely weird so what else have you been up to nothing really like honestly i haven't i've been doing nothing but work (laughs) gotcha 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 like christmas didn't even there wasn't even exciting there it was just a day off (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, isn't that like what happens when you grow up and you become an adult? I was going to say, maybe that's part of the generational thing. Christmas just doesn't mean what it used to anymore. (laughs) Well, let's see. What have I been up to? Let's see. I have been working hard at my brand new job. Been enjoying that. Um, I have been... Last night was absolutely crazy. I... Um, did this really weird, I don't know, right after work, I rushed all the way down to Spanish Fork, which is about an hour away, uh, to go to my sister's birthday party and then ran an hour and 10 minutes or whatever back up after that party to go to a, the lovely another par- party, another party, <laughs> <laughs> the lovely furry clubhouse party. Yay. So that I wasn't there, sadly. No, I was, I was at work. Shocker. Making money. 
(laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I don't have a lot that's that's going on um, recently. I'm pretty boring right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's just it's been super quiet lately. Like we don't have anything interesting going on here this time of year. (laughs) I think we do that on purpose, though. Like you clear your furry schedule basically to get through the holidays, so nothing interferes. Um, let's see. You've been playing some board games recently. I have. Or you've been playing figures. <laughs> Thanks for the gesture. Jeez. Yeah, we, uh, me and Voss are getting back into 40K. It's a lot of fun. I wish there was more people around here that played it. So what's 40K? 40K is a tabletop, know. um, it's a tabletop, basically a tabletop battle simulator. Miniatures, uh, Warhammer. Most people, you can look it up if you have no idea what it is. Okay, so I guess it's that time. We don't have the sound effects, so so we, should we just go right into it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is Ruse Cookie Time. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Rue's Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. Is Rue ready? He's still not ready, so we're going to continue this with intermittent monologue. (laughs) So, how have you been? Good? Good. Oh, I've been good too. He's still not ready. I have to keep stalling. Uh, stalling. What have you been up to? Absolutely nothing. Well, I did go through and get uh, the ground portion for my instrument rating, uh-huh. and I passed that. Woo! Congratulations! But the weather around here has been so bad, I haven't been able to do any real flying lately. Okay, so here we go. Here's, hey, he's finally ready. Here's the <laughs> cookie for today. Brought to you by Betty Crocker. Your message here, <laughs> in bed with the cookie. I think uh, I think that's a custom cookie your message site. here. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to phone it in. talking about the generational gap in the furry fandom i guess generational gaps okay boomer okay i'm not a boomer (laughs) (laughs) so our first guest is zarafa hello zarafa how are you hello there everybody i'm fine awesome who are you well um I am a 61-year-old furry giraffe that lives in Northern California. 
I'm a veterinarian by trade, and I've been in the fandom about, ooh, it's going to be nine years this coming March. And what do you do in the the fandom? What do I do in the fandom? Well, um, I organize a number of events in the Bay Area, mostly public fursuiting events, uh, things to street festivals, to the New Year's fireworks, to various activities. And I organize the purple picture at every con I go to for all the purple furs. Um, but a lot of what I do, as far as I'm concerned, is just go and have fun. The, the stuff I organize is because I enjoy it, so I make it so other people can enjoy it with me. <laughs> Great. Um, you know, that's the funny thing. That's actually plays right into the the, the to the the uh, theme. <laughs> the episode. The episode. <laughs> um, you know, because it, uh, it. Do you find? that the older furs do more of the organizational stuff in your area versus the younger ones. I, what You know what I mean? I, I, I actually do see that, but that to me there's a lot of rational explanations for that. Um, older furs, in, I mean, I'm going to make a generalization about age, which is not always smart, and, and it's just a generalization. But when you're older, whatever that may mean, 30, 40, 50, I think you're a little, you tend to be more sure of yourself, more sure of your skill set and capabilities. So it's a little easier for you to just go out there and do something. I don't think I would have been organizing these things in my 20s. I would have been too unsure of myself and uncertain and think, well, no one's going to want to do anything I do. And um, I probably wouldn't have done it. But as I became more confident in what I was doing it happened more and more so I think it's an artifact in part of just what happens to anybody as they get older in my opinion that's actually a very good point and it it sounds you know from from my experience you're exactly right well to, to add my two bits <laughs> What tends to happen in our area is you get all the young furs that come in and they're like, I can be a leader. I have no experience being a leader, but here we go. And then they fuck everything up. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've seen that happen, but at least, and I know it's different in different, different parts of the country, but here in the Bay Area, one of the things that's really nice is we have... Um, lots of different people running activities so there isn't like just one group and when someone new starts something it tends to be pretty supportive we if they ask for advice we'll try and help them get things going there's not a lot of competitiveness there's so many of us here there's just room for lots of stuff that's um, cool so i i i I know what you're saying, and that can happen. I just don't see it as much, at least in our well, area. Well, the only reason why I say it that way is because between me and Click, I was that young kid that came <laughs> in and was like, I can be a leader. Just kidding. I've had experience mm -hmm. being a leader in the past. But anyways, anyways. Yeah. So how many con uh, what cons have you been to? <laughs> I've actually lost count as to how many con cons, but I routinely go to FC, it's my local con, and TFF and BLFC, which is also a local con, 
and um, Anthrocon, MFF, our local little PawCon. Um, I went to Califer when it was going. I went to Rainforest when it was going. Um, I also go to Motor City FurCon in Detroit because I have extended family in the area. I generally average, believe it or not, about seven to eight cons a year. That is, which that is, is amazing. That's a lot of conventions. But I love them. That's a lot. I love them. I just, I just, it's my antidote to the pressures and stress of work. That's a good antidote. (laughs) Yep. All right. So we have a second guest that's been waiting in the wing. Nuka, how are you doing today? I'm here to get my parking validated. I was told you guys validate parking. Um, unfortunately, to... we don't here. Um, you have to be a paying customer. All right, well, I'm out of here. Then... I was going to say, you got to buy something first. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nuka, I know the majority of our listeners know who you are already. However, in case that this is some random chance that somebody's listening to this episode and this is their very first time listening, who are you? Uh, so I'm Nuka. Uh, I'm some douche who studies furries and... Yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I had to introduce myself sometime like that. Uh, no, I'm the the co-founder and lead data analyst for uh, the first science team. The folks who go around at conventions and uh, have gathered data on more than thirty thousand furries over the last decade. Uh, we run and maintain the website for science, and uh, yeah, I I do. I'm a psychologist who studies furries. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for you? Uh, I made a career out of it somehow, so that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> they haven't stopped me or fired me yet. And uh, the Canadian government is paying for it, so that's cool, too. Oh, man. That works. There. I guess if you're going to study anything, furries is a pretty interesting way to go. The trick is to have a hobby and then make your career studying that hobby. So you can just have an excuse to go to furry cons and call it research. <laughs> yeah. nice Living the dream. So... So what cons do you have planned going, going on? Uh, what plan? Oh, ah, wow. You'll what? get it. <laughs> edit, edit that, edit that. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, what? Leaving it in. <laughs> Thanks, audio guy. You're supposed to have my back. Um, no. So what conventions are you going to be going to? So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm collecting data and, or, uh, giving talks at, I think seven or eight cons this year. So I'm hitting up, uh, uh, Furry Fiesta in a few weeks. We're doing um, shortly thereafter. We're going to Vancouver for the first time. Uh, Fernal Equinox, uh, Euroference, uh, Confuzzled, um, Canference, and I believe I'm, going, I'm for sure going to Alamo City uh, Furry Invasion as well. Uh, and then, oh, Anthrocon, obviously Anthrocon. And there's a chance MFF this year. We'll see. So, a uh, lot on the docket. So let's, uh, we're going to be diving into the topic of talking about the generational gap. Since we uh, have already identified, let's see, we have two, two millennials, right? Or no, three millennials. And then one Gen Xer and one boomer. Is that correct? Sounds right. (laughs) Sounds right. So we're going to be talking about our generational gaps here. We're all over the place. Within yeah. the fandom. Within the Within fandom. Within the fandom. Yes. Within the fandom. So, 
Um, let's start with the researcher. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I just just do a quick data dump just to to give us some talking points. Um, yes. So one of the things we note is that you know historically the furry fandom has always been fairly young. Over the last ten years of studying furries, we found uh, a fairly significant chunk of furries, probably about seventy-five uh, percent of furries, are under the age of thirty. And uh, in fact, I, I'd say probably about forty uh, percent of those folks are you know under the age of twenty-two, twenty-three. So we're talking about a fairly young fandom, which is not to say there aren't uh, about 20% of furries who are over the age of 30 and, uh, you know, even, you know, 5 or 10% of furries who are over the age of, of 40 or so. So um, you do see older furries in the fandom. Uh, the That's sort of the age distribution. When we ask about the term gray muzzle specifically, we tend to find that a lot of people use the term. There's no sort of hard cutoff for it, although the average person who calls himself a gray muzzle is about 39 years old. And um, just a couple more points real quick I wanted to mention. One of them is one of my favorite findings in this fandom, the fact that the fandom is not getting older on average. Uh, when I say on average, what I mean is that uh, there's such an influx of new furries, younger furries coming into the fandom that the average age doesn't really creep up. In the last uh, eight years, the average age has crept up about one year. <laughs> so... You know, if it were the case that the fandom was stagnant and just the same people getting older, you would expect over eight years for the fandom to go up by eight years in average age, and it has not. So there's this constant influx of younger furries coming in uh, to keep the fandom a fairly young place, and that can create some of these generational divides that uh, that you see. I've certainly noticed it in some of the data that I've been entering. Uh, you, you see websites, you see artists, you see you know furries mentioning things that certainly weren't there. Uh, when I was first getting into the fandom. And I guess the last thing I'll touch on before I'll, I'll throw it back to y'all is um, ageism and, and this generational gap in the fandom and how furries perceive different ages in the fandom. And uh, I was once asked by a, a, an older furry, hey, is, is it the case that the younger furries pick on or look down on the older furries? And in actuality, it happens in both directions. There's lots of evidence suggesting that the younger furries don't really want to hang out with the older furries and the older furries don't really want to hang out with the younger furries. Uh, but if you're a 25 year old furry, everyone wants to hang out with you. So that's, that seems to be what our data shows. If you're in that sweet spot between 25 and 30, everyone seems to like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody likes you. That, Audio that was... guy wins. <laughs> Cherish it while it lasts. It, you're 25? You're in that age group? 28. You're 28. 28. Uh, well, oh, you're creeping two, to the top end. Two years and then you'll get 30 and then you'll reach gay death. That's what it's called. When you reach 30, <laughs> you're nobody wants to do the D with you. <laughs> wow. I'm just joking. Wow. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have not found that. <laughs> No, a long time ago, somebody told me that, oh, you're turning 30, that's gay death, and ever since then. Well, I've heard that too. Uh, in fact, let me back up, uh, and it's really interesting listening to what Nuka was saying. I was going to take exception with the term generation gap, because literally when I was growing up, that was a, a huge part of antagonism in American society, where... You know, the saying, don't trust anyone over 30 was a common thing. And young people in their late teens and early 20s thought everybody old was just ridiculous and out of touch. I don't see that in the fandom 
at least personally. So it was interesting listening to Nuka say that there are differentials or prejudices toward different ages. But I don't know, rather than calling it a gap, and again, I'm not a psychologist here. I mean, people naturally want to hang out with people in their own age cohort. So I don't know if that's anything bad or just normal. And I have friends from the 20s to my own age. And I'm sure, you know, the 20-somethings are going to party in a different way than the 60-somethings are. But I don't really ever find myself, well, knowingly excluded because I'm a gray muzzle. I'm sure it happens, but it yeah, doesn't feel like Yeah, one of the things like uh, I'll, I'll mention to sort of as a caveat to all of that is um, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You're, you, you hang out with people of your own generation typically because – not because you have a problem with the younger folks or the older folks, but simply because the interests are different. Uh, if you're in your 40s or 50s, right. you're talking about you know your your career. You're talking about you know the mortgage. You're talking about right. very different things than an 18 year old who's talking about moving out of his mom's place or getting his first car or going to college. Exactly. So you just have less common yeah. ground to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the beauty of it is we all have the fandom. In common, so I feel pretty comfortable talking to twenty-year-olds, and at least from my experience, I have twenty-year-olds talking to me. I, again, I, I'm sure it divides out. They might spend more time with people their own age, just like I probably spend more time with the forty and fifty-year-olds. But I, I just, I just don't. I find it remarkably welcoming in all age groups. Uh, for me, that's been my right. experience. And that, that's what I was going to say right before you did, Zarafa. Is is that that's the that's the great thing about this fandom is, you know, of course you're going to have that generational separation, but there is one thing that everybody has in common. So you do get to hang out with people that aren't just in your age range. And and it's, it's not a bad thing, you know. I mean, there's – and I'm kind of with Zarafa. I haven't seen a lot of the generational bias. Um, you know, you see it on Twitter – there's there's you know fringe furries or the people who you know just want to make noise to make noise and there's always gonna be those kind of people but for the most part from what i've seen in this fandom you just don't you know you you get the separation but it's not discriminatory yeah actually i i okay i'm gonna be devil's advocate here here you go <laughs> i myself don't know if I want to hang out with somebody that's under the age of 18. Well, that's different. That's a legal thing. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I, anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead, Nuka. I wanted to mention, I liked the way you put it, that there is that there's a, 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 um, a separation, but not necessarily discrimination. Uh, I think there's, there's some truth to that. It's a good way to put it, because um, when I'm looking at the, these data, I wouldn't necessarily say that that there's this this rift and this nasty vitriol bitterness where the younger folks are going screw those gray muzzles and their gray muzzles are going screw those youngins. It's more so this idea that as new stuff comes into the fandom, you you're kind of more interested in your own stuff, like whatever whatever things got you into the fandom, whatever series, whatever panels you go to, whatever chat platform you use. That's just kind of what you stick to. And as a new generation comes in. You know, you start to notice, oh, there's there's all this stuff that I wasn't even aware existed and I have no real interest in getting involved in it. So a, a good example of this for me was uh, I'm, I'm entering data from Anthrocon last year right now. 
And uh, I noticed there's a lot of furries who are talking about their, their primary area of interest. The primary thing they do in the fandom is furry YouTube. I'm like, wow, I'm, you know, maybe I'm out of touch, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I don't really look at furry YouTube for me. Furry is mostly about, you know, forums and, and, and telegram groups. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we just we're using different media platforms where we're looking at different content creators. And so we just we don't end up mingling that much. We don't go to the same uh, uh, events at conventions. And so it's not this hostility so much as just we our interests don't overlap. Right. And that that strikes me as normal. I mean, that's that's part of any society, I think, that we tend to stratify mm. automatically that way. Um, and another example uh, I, I've been hearing, I don't have any data yet, but a, a lot of really young furs are coming into the fandom through the social media platform TikTok. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of furry activity on TikTok. Every time I watch TikTok, I, I can and I'm not trying to make a value judgment, I can barely tolerate it. I don't get it. And that's about the only time in the fandom where I actually feel old is when I look at TikTok and try to appreciate it or get it. I don't. And I think that's just a simple generational thing. I think younger furries appreciate it and get into it. I'm not yeah. trying to say that's bad or good. It's just yeah. different. You're, you're not the target audience for it, so it just doesn't resonate Clearly. with you. You know, <laughs> what I don't understand is I don't understand, A, Fortnite dances, <laughs> Fortnite itself, and the obsession of everything being related to Fortnite. Or, you just or, don't get it. Or Minecraft. Or, I don't know, walking around with your music blaring like it's hanging off of you. Like, your Pac-Man video games and your hula hoops. <laughs> <and> your... <laughs> That's my generation. I love Pac-Man. But <laughs> if, I, if I could throw... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 finish. no. Keep going. That was my silly oh, rant. To, to, to throw a bit of fuel onto this fire, um, what's kind of interesting to me is uh, one part of this... Again, I don't want to call it a gap, but it's kind of a gap. And it's sort of a surprising one, I think, is the there seems to be, at least in the data that I'm looking at right now, a tendency for younger furs to see the fandom more about fursuits in a way that it wasn't quite that way 15 or 20 years ago. So you talk to furries who've been in the fandom since the, the early to mid-90s, and fursuits were there, but that, was not, that wasn't the focus. That was, that was kind of a cute little novelty in the fandom. Now, when you look at more and more younger furries, a higher proportion of them have fursuits. Talk about wanting to get fursuits. Um, they're here primarily for fursuits. You have fursuiter celebrities. Um, and so even though, you know, across the, the, the decades, fursuits have always, or at least since the 90s, kind of been there in the fandom, you see it's it, they're getting much more central treatments among younger furries than among uh, older furries. Right. I wonder... That's really interesting. I wonder if that has to do with, um, like, the market and the availability. Because, you know, oh, ten, that's a good 10 point, years yeah. ago, there was two or three really big makers and a bunch of little, small, not really well-known makers. And now, if you want a fursuit, they're everywhere. See, I would have chalked it up to something slightly. I, I agree with that. I don't think that's wrong. I think another factor that goes hand-in-hand hand with that is when you look at um, 
what what was your first exposure to the furry fandom? I think for younger, or rather for older furries, it was a piece of media. It was a, a particular show, a book, you know, some some piece of, of media. And so that's what the fandom is organized around. I think for younger furries, some of their first exposure to the fandom is YouTube videos featuring fursuiters. Right. So as far as they're yeah. concerned, this is a place where fursuiters gather, and that's what the well, fandom is about you, to that. The, first the and YouTube and the stuff like Zarafa does. There's more There's more furries now doing public stuff in groups and having a great time than there was 10 years ago. You know, you know what I mean? The, the, the taboo is still there, but it seems to be softening somewhat in mainstream society. So it's easier to go out and do public stuff so that's where fursuits are getting more exposure so i have something related to fursuits um and the generational gap so one thing that i've seen recently is and 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 if you i don't think that you you would have research on this nuka but if you have anything like let me know um but Recently, I've noticed that there's a lot of younger furs that are into poodling. Yes, I'm bringing up poodling. <laughs> and um, a lot of the older furs um, are don't ruin the magic. Does that make sense? So we have the don't ruin the magic folks over here. And then the younger furs are, I'm just going to wear my head and just wear it as a mask and run around, you know. And so <laughs> that's... I don't know why we haven't actually asked about poodling. Actually, no, that's not true. I think in a recent, yeah, I think we're asking about it in our upcoming surveys this year. So we don't have data on it yet. But uh, if you're going to be at Furry Fiesta and you want to answer a question about poodling, uh, take our survey. So Zarafa, <laughs> okay. the hard hitting question: What is your feelings yeah. about poodling and fursuiting? Well, I have two answers to the question. Um, I. I'm more a live and let live kind of guy. And so if someone wants to walk around poodling, I don't care. It's their thing if they want to do it. I do hear a lot of people complaining not so much about poodling, but about the walking around a con with your fursuit head in your hands. Right. Like if you're doing that, why are you even in fursuit or why aren't you in the fursuit lounge? But even there, I'm like, you know, you do you, I'll do me. Now, for me personally, I don't ever want to break the magic. I don't ever take my head off in public. If you see me standing around with my head off in public, it's an emergency. Come over and help me. <laughs> um, I I would I don't do it. And I I do have um I have alternate fursuits that aren't giraffes that I sometimes partial in, but um I I don't have any major objection to poodling. Um, I just prefer to stay in the full suit. That's what I get the most experience out of. But if other people want to do it, I personally don't have a major objection to it. Um, I do kind of feel if you're going to walk around with your head off, why bother? But again, I love about the fandom and there's no central authority dictating what we all are supposed to do or not do. <laughs> Yet. And, and things evolve. Wait, and things wait evolve. isn't that so, Uncle Kage? Isn't he the... <laughs> he's the, the end-all well, be-all. With all due respect to Uncle Kage, he might have been, or he might think that, but it, it's not true. Well, well, it's not true. It, you know, he might be one of the big voices in the fandom, but there isn't a central authority, and nobody says what isn't isn't a furry, 
or what is or isn't fursuiting. And obviously it is changing and evolving. No, exactly right. So, Zarafa, why do you think that a lot of the older fursa, and again, this is an opinion of mine, so we don't have research backing up that this is, this is the case, but why do you think that a lot of older furs are don't ruin the magic? Well, that's because that's how it started for them. And a lot of, well, I can't say a lot of, I know at least some furries way back when came out of the Disney community, which has very strict rules. And they were probably, I'm guessing, modeling themselves off of the Disney way of doing things, which is that, that literal phrase, don't break the magic, is what you would hear in Disney World or Disneyland. So I'm guessing they were just modeling themselves off the only place they'd ever seen mascot-style cartoon characters. And you would never do anything to break the magic at Disneyland or Disney World. And so that's what the culture was in the fandom. And I think newer people coming in are just more uh, loose about it. Um, I can also tell you there's apparently definite regional differences. When Europeans come to American cons, I hear that they're amazed and how many people walk around with their heads off or impartial or not, or poodling, whereas in, in European cons, now I haven't been to them yet, but I hear in European cons it happens much less often. So there's apparently regional differences. I haven't re – I've only been to um, Euroference once, but in my experience there, I didn't notice too, too many differences. Okay. Um, I, I think I see more fursuits uh, at um, – North American cons, but again, I, I haven't checked the numbers on that yet, so that's anecdote is not data. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, however, I, I have a, I had a different thought about why. I, I, I guess it's related to you, but not, but for a slightly different reason, I guess. Why there might be a generational difference in being comfortable with with um, taking the head off, and I wouldn't say it necessarily has to do with Disney so much as what a persona is to you and how close you feel to your uh-huh. persona. I think yeah. to older furries, your persona was everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there were fewer cons uh, that you could go to. And a lot of your time interacting with the fandom was in, in role-playing boards or forums or chat rooms. And so when you were in character, you were in character. And that was very distinct from your day-to-day life. I think if you're a younger furry, if you have a, a, a fursuit and it's more of a... Uh, here's a fun thing that I have. I'm going to show it off at a con. If you're going to more cons, I think more younger furries are going to cons. Um, then it's less about uh, here's my character and I'm not going to break this character who's near and dear to my heart. It's more so, hey, I'm having fun and look at this, you know, look at this crazy suit that I've got, kind of thing. Which is not, of course, to say that younger furries don't feel very attached to their personas, but perhaps it's not as as important to them or central. Uh, a norm that we don't, you know, you don't break your 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 identity. You're either in your persona identity or you're not. You can't be sort of a mixture of both at once. That makes a lot of sense. I, I like On that. that note, we're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be right back. Hailing Frequencies Open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, January 22nd, here are your space headlines. The next Mars rover, the 2020 rover, is soon to be shipped to Cape Canaveral. It's basically just a carbon copy of the Curiosity rover, but it's got some upgrades. 
First off, 2020 has different equipment. Since technology has advanced since Curiosity was built, there are newer, better, more powerful instruments that can be put on it. One of the changes is that 2020 will be able to collect and store samples for a potential future sample return mission. 2020 also has upgraded wheels after JPL learned a lot from the difficulties Curiosity has been through. The launch window opens July 17th and closes August 5th of this year as Earth and Mars make their closest approach. Then on February 18th of 2021, we'll land our second car-sized rover on another planet. SpaceX has been incredibly busy, aside from launching another Starlink mission, prepping for another Starlink mission, and conducting their launch escape test, more on that in a moment, they're also laying out plans for a mobile gantry at Pad 39A. The reason is because the US military requires vertical integration of their payloads, and SpaceX tends to mount their payloads on the Falcon 9 and Heavy horizontally, roll it out to the pad, and then lift it vertically. A mobile gantry would allow them to mount a payload atop a Falcon while it's upright, and to think there were so many people who said SpaceX was going to be just a flash in the pan. Boeing and NASA are gearing up to deliver the SLS core stage by fall of this year. It still has to go up to Mississippi to undergo a full test called a green run, which will help suss out any problems that might still be hiding there. Once that test is complete and there are no delays, the whole giant freaking rocket will be shipped off to Florida in preparation for the first flight of the Artemis program, an uncrewed flight of the Orion capsule around the moon. Anyone who has a bet that SLS will leave the ground before the end of 2020 just might have some bragging rights soon. Now back to SpaceX. As I mentioned, they recently conducted their launch escape test. This is to human rate the Dragon 2 capsule so it can carry astronauts. And it went off without a hitch. Okay, maybe not completely without a hitch. They had to delay due to weather, but there wasn't anything wrong with the hardware. It all went down as expected, and we got to see some awesome fireworks. See, here's the thing. For us space nerds, rockets exploding are always cool. Sure, we'll be all serious face in the moment, making sure no one was hurt, then debate how long it will take to get back up and running. But after all that serious stuff melts away, rockets exploding are so cool to watch. It's one reason why Kerbal Space Program is so popular. So when we find out that there is a planned rocket failure, that's like candy to us. We got a beautiful boom, a second boom when the upper stage survived the first boom intact, then it hit the water, and then watched as the Dragon capsule sailed gracefully to splashdown. Now, with NASA's blessing, we could see astronauts fly aboard the next generation spaceship as early as March. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. enjoyed that lovely potty break i know i did i went to the restroom it's been like 10 minutes i know for you it's been like a couple of seconds but you know we're back yay so we're going to be continuing to talk about our lovely subject about the generational gap so what were we talking about we were talking about fursuits right and during the break you guys brought up some sort of you were talking about species why don't we talk about that? Sure. Uh, what was I, your I, question? 
Go ahead. Oh, do you want me to? Do you want me to? Yeah, to go take ahead. Home? All right. Go ahead. So one of the things I was mentioning um, was it was fascinating to me how younger furries will watch YouTube or they'll watch you know Twitter and they'll they'll, they'll be furry celebrities, right? They'll be this oh watch this 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 celebrity on on YouTube and typically either they've they've got some kind of shtick or some kind of gimmick or something that they do you know in suit that's different from other people and one of these shticks is is a species, right? So there's been the rise of these novel interesting fursuit species to come about in the last few years and it seems that they've kind of ebb and, and wane in popularity uh the the most re- one of the most recent ones has been the the dutch angel dragon you saw um as soon as they sort of came into prominence you saw a huge wave of them and, and they're adorable uh, let's be real they're they're really really cute and adorable and they were very popular and then it's almost like they're being subsumed right now and i'm noticing in the data already uh the rise of the protogen right and that may be sort of the the next big popular species among new younger furries who are wanting to get a really cool uh, novel, interesting, adorable um, fursuit species. But you may be able to sort of track generationally these differences in the fandom based on fursona species because of the the rise and fall of these these um, popular species or the hot new species in the fandom. What is a protogen? <laughs> so, protogen. Sona had mentioned it really well, Proper yeah. Described as a digital circle. <laughs> Basically, I have the digital face, and they're really cute, actually. Yeah, they're. You know, that's another thing to to uh, to bring up. Um, like Zarafa, I I kind of sometimes I feel this way, but I'm kind of curious if you do. Um, do you f- ever feel like like the fandoms? leaving our you know the older generations behind with the technology thing because you've got the protogens and you've got the new suits with all the animatronics and the digital eyes and all this fancy stuff and then you've got people like us who just have a nice adorable fursuit and uh, you know for me that's good enough i don't i don't get that feeling i think people that are good at what they do in suit you don't need any of that is it bad to have any of that no you can have all the digital stuff as well um but you know the blinking lights and bells and whistles (laughs) yeah i mean but i look at my my roommate uh was shadow cheetah at fc and he's the guy that doesn't talk in suit but he stands out there in an adorable cheetah suit he pantomimes amazingly well he does all the um, I forget what do you call it when you spin the Poi. Uh, spin the lights poi, um, and he's an amazing performer without saying a word and without having anything, and he's even an amazing performer without the poi. So right. um, I didn't know this shadow cheetah was your roommate at a con. Oh, he at was a con. at FC. At he a was con. At FC. Oh, it was I a see. pleasure, a pleasure getting to know him. But the point is. Uh, you don't need any of that and to still be an amazing performer or really well. I mean, look at my friend Dog Bomb, who had a regular German Shepherd suit. And obviously he became really well known when he was sick. But he his specialty was going out away from cons into the general public and talking to people. He would talk in his suit. And so right. you don't need, in my opinion, any of that. If you have it, great. 
I just don't I don't feel like I'm being left behind. I think a good performer, a good first suitor will happen no matter what they're I mean, even partials and stuff. If you're good at what you're doing, it doesn't really matter as much what you're wearing. Right. That's a it does a perfect point. I do have to say, by the way, I have a huge crush on Shadow Cheetah. He's, he's <laughs> I always a, have. He's such he's, a nice he's guy. Adorable. He's a, he's a cool guy. So too. does my boyfriend. He absolutely loves Shadow Cheetah as well. Because, but that's also because he does poi. I was going to bring up... Um, so you mentioned that... And I know this is going off off subject. But you brought up Dog Bomb. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I have so many questions. But I don't know exactly how to phrase my questions. How How do you think... That, um, how do you think the dog bomb would feel today about what has kind of happened with, you know, his name kind of really blew up in the fandom because yeah. of that particular situation. And, um, can you, can you, would you be willing to talk a little bit about that? I'd be happy to, I don't want to sidetrack your, 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 your show, but. You mean how would he feel about the way he blew up in in popularity? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I think he would be astonished. He he was a close friend of mine and, and in fact we roomed frequently together. And so I got to know him pretty well. And um he was a very, very humble guy that just didn't understand A that he was special and be what made him special. He just didn't get it, which was so charming. Um, his big refrain was always, I'm just a dumb dog. I don't get why everyone's making a fuss over me. Um, and yet, he wasn't even someone that had a particular shtick in what he did in his suit. He would just walk out and start conversations, and he didn't like, actually, suiting at conventions. He wanted to get away from furries and be out in the general public. He had a real skill with relating to people. And so that was his thing. And yet he was a very, very humble guy. And um, he truly would be shocked and amazed at the way the fandom reveres him now and almost treats him like a saint. Um, I know the people that he bequeathed his suits to and he gave instructions to, to use them. And the people in those suits now have to be very careful how they act because they can't actually act exactly the way he would have because, you know, he might flip a finger at somebody when he was alive. But if we were to do that now in his suit, people <laughs> would be offended. That's right. because he's now in a revered saint-like position. It's been an unfortunate, terrible, but also fascinating thing to see what happened with him. So the bottom line is he would be shocked and amazed. He really would be. Thanks for thanks for going on that little sidetrack for for just a minute. Um I think a lot of people um really look up to to him and his example and um a lot of people Yeah. Let me say one say? more one more thing about him. He is my inspiration for doing public suiting. I first went out in public with him in Pittsburgh at AC and we walked blocks away from the convention center and he was very reluctant he liked to be off by himself he didn't want anybody else with him and I 
begged to learn from the master and I went with him and it was an electrifying experience. And that's what inspired me to do the things that I do in San Francisco. And I'm pleased to report that there are other people who've been inspired by what, by what I do in San Francisco. So now we have like a, there's a furry trolley at Anthrocon, there's stuff in Southern California, there's more stuff in Seattle, but it really all comes from him and his inspiration. So I think that's pretty special and all about relating to people as furries, but in public. A lot of that comes from him. That's great. It's, you know, it's, it's really nice. Because I'm, you know, I met him a few times at cons, but it was just, you know, living here, it's, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who actually knew him, yeah, actual personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was, um, he was a great guy, but he was just, you know, he was my roommate in the other bed, and now he's, um, you know, this exalted <laughs> figure. Uh, I sometimes refer to my position. It's as if I knew Barack Obama when everybody called him Barry. Right. Um, that's <laughs> kind of how I am with uh, with Dog Bomb. He was my friend and the guy I was went to cons with, but now he's in a, you know, obviously looked at differently. And um, being with him and a part of his life as he went through what he did was, ah, uh, wow, a terrible experience, but also inspiring as he did led his life up until the very end so um he's someone i still think about nearly every day that's that's awesome that's you know and that so um to kind of tie that into the generational thing you know is 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 watching somebody with that kind of humility and and you know dignity from an outside perspective and and what what that inspiration can create in this fandom is actually Absolutely. pretty amazing. Absolutely. He, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what if you want, if you're looking for kind of like a connection back to the topic too, I would say, um, you know, dog, dog bomb wasn't, wasn't a guy in his, you know, it wasn't a 19 year old or a 20 year old. And yet no. a lot of the younger furries recognize him and, and look up to him and, and, and his example. And I think that that, kind of transcends the generational gap in the fandom that that there are these these people in the fandom um who we can all kind of take a step back and go wow like that's that's a real inspiration you know whether you're 20 or 40 or 60 years old you know you can look at a person like that and go wow like you know that's that's the kind of person i want to be like right uh, uh, totally and he's an example I mean, he was 55 years old when he died so he was very much a gray muzzle and uh, i don't think he would have he if he were here he'd be saying i don't think there's a generation gap i think the new people come in and do their thing and we do our thing and it's all a great community mixed together right he would be loving every bit of it <laughs> so i think what we've came to the conclusion on is that you can be any age in this fandom yeah. and it doesn't matter it you doesn't. know it, you know, if you have a, I'm going to bring back fursuits because there was one point that we, um, we didn't talk about and the whole fact that, you know, jumping into these characters or jumping into the fursuits, nobody knows how old that particular person is in the suit itself. When you get in, uh, in your cute purple giraffe, people don't know, you know, your age. No. They just see your fursona. They see 
you for who you actually are. Who you, they, they see your soul yeah. of who you are. And that's what's amazing in this fandom is it you could you could be this there's a lot of people that I've I've talked to um that have stated, Man, I really wish that I didn't look like I was um I was this great big huge macho guy because I have this really kind heart. Or like for me, I look like I'm a little child. <laughs> to be completely honest, I look super, super, super young. I, I bet that when you met me, Zarafa, you probably thought that who's this 19 year old, <laughs> you know, coming and talking to me. I, I look super young, but when I when I put on Rue, I still look super young because Rue is a, a young character. Yeah, I was but, if I, say. <laughs> but if I chose to, you know, to to be older or to look my age, I could do that with my with my suit, but I totally play into the fact that I'm, that I know that I look younger and I, I don't know, I just play into that. But, but click, you have a little bit of experience with, with that. You put on, um, click and you're this, I mean, you're, you're cute outside of click. I'm not saying that you're ugly or anything. You're, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, no, that's, one thing that we were talking about in the in uh, during the break is you know with the the first suit thing, it you know it does eliminate age, which shouldn't matter, and it doesn't it really doesn't in this fandom, which is great. But um, what I was mentioning is that you walk around in a fursuit suit and um, you meet people and you. You know, you have these great, meaningful conversations and really get to know people. But then you go back up to the room and change and come back down and that same person can walk right by you and they'll never even know. Yeah. So I, I want to change the topic just a little bit. And I want to change it to bridging the generational gap. Yes. What do you think that we could potentially do to help help facilitate a, a better better community that way what 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 are some things so if i'm a a young fur and i don't know what to say to an older fur like where should i where should i start what should i say or if you're an older fur and you just don't can't seem to fit in at, at meets or you know because you you're you're in this room full of all these you know, 20-year-olds, and you don't have anything in common with them. Where can they start? I I just don't feel – I'm not going to answer your question directly. I just don't That's feel fine. there's much of a problem. I sit down at a meet, and frequently everybody's younger than me, of course. They might be all in their 20s. And talk about things that we have in common. What's your persona? How did you pick your name? Why did you pick – red panda and suddenly we're often talking about all sorts of interesting things fandom related and we all share that it doesn't matter that it's a 20 year old who maybe is still living with their parents we can still talk about the importance of our fursonas and why we picked those animals and how we got our name and i the age disappears at those times uh, if i want to go out partying at a con, I'm probably going to avoid the party room. I don't drink much, but certainly the 20-somethings will be there. That's okay. I'll be on the dance floor. It's okay. just different ways of approaching. So, I, just, I mean, Nuka's probably going to differ with me. I just don't see 
ageism as being that big of a problem. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. Um, again, uh, going back to the data, I, I think that they suggest that there is a bit of a rift there, but it's not out and out hostility. And to, to answer right. Rue's question, I would say that it's less about a physical, tangible thing you have to do and more so about a mindset. Yeah. Um, open mindedness, like just just be open. I mean, the fandom is a place where we're creative and open minded to begin with. So just be open minded. So on both ends, too. So if you're a younger furry, be open minded and recognize that the fandom was around a lot longer than you were. Uh, and maybe take some time to learn the history of the fans and learn why the the gray muscles or the older furries like what they like, do what they do. There's a lot of great stuff to be found there if you dig. And for the older furries, you know, be open minded and don't uh, uh, close off and say, oh, the younger furries have such stupid things. And, and you know, be open minded and say, well, you know, what is it? Maybe these protogens are kind of a neat thing. Like it's that's kind of cool. We didn't have that when I was in the, the fandom, but that's kind of neat, and I might have liked that when I was uh, that age. So I think a little open-mindedness on on all uh, all sides uh, can really go a long way. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's one thing that this fandom actually has. Like, I mean, let's be honest. To be a furry, you you almost have to start pretty open-minded anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Audio guy, what are your thoughts? You've been silent in your booth. I'm uh, here. Let me oh, hold on. Hold on, there, guys. Hold on. You can come up. Uh, you can come out now. What do you want? <laughs> um, I just want your comments on this episode. I'll cost you. Uh, okay, I'll, get, I'll give you a handy later. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm out of the box. Let's talk. Go for it. What are we talking about? <laughs> You've been listening this whole time. What have you been doing? Have you been looking at your crash TikTok. videos again? Yeah. yeah. Bite. I've been Bite watching the telephone. <laughs> so what's your I, thoughts? I definitely see little, little generation differences here and there. And it's, it's prevalent if you just stick around in the fandom long enough. But I don't think that's anything huge. I think when you go and, like Zarafa was saying, once you find familiar species and you all get together, age just doesn't really matter anymore. Because it's more about the fandom, your species, similarities, and you more focus on that than what's different about you all. I agree 100%. That's what's so unique about this fandom. Like, if you think about it, when you go about your day-to-day life, what normally happens is people hang out with what? Just the people that that's their age, right? That's the norm, normally. As far as I've seen, I might be wrong. I'm not the researcher here. But what I've seen so far is usually people are hanging out with, you know, people that are within the same category as them. Married people hang out with married people. People that are single hang out with single people. People that have kids end up, you know, hanging out with people with kids. But but I understand that maybe their age is very just a little bit. But I think that that's what is unique about our fandom in general is that it's E for everyone. You know, <laughs> every age um, can participate in this community. Well, if I could tack on to that... 
as long as you're 18. Just kidding. <laughs> if if I could tack on to that, I think that there's something even more profound to that idea too. Um, in our day-to-day lives, yes, we tend to hang out with people roughly our age. Um, and I think it's to our detriment because we benefit so much when we cross and, and, and traverse those, those boundaries. Um, younger furries gain something by having older furries as role models, by having older furries who have resources, who have experience, who have advice to offer, and this kind of mentorship that you don't get. You have a whole younger generation right now who's really flailing and looking for some kind of advice and guidance and support and mentorship from an older generation. And the furry fandom offers that, like that, that's available right there. And on the flip side, um, an older generation benefits from having younger people around. I, I know just from teaching, you know, I'm a professor and I teach 18, 19 year olds and it keeps me young. And I imagine yeah. that when I'm 50 and 60 years old, I'm still going to feel young. I'm still going to understand and have my finger on the pulse of a younger generation. I 100% agree with that. Absolutely. Then help, help Rue, help, help Rue <laughs> GC Lexico here. One thing that I've been having a really hard time with is I will go to a coffee shop meet, let's just say that. And then we have one of the younger first that don't doesn't 100% understand, you know, how to act in a social environment. And they stand up on a table and start screaming and yelling. And they do that probably almost every single meet. <laughs> I mean, so, so help it's up me, help me understand what I can do as an older furry to embrace this young child. <laughs> that, that doesn't involve strangulation. <laughs> well, I mean, it's oh, sorry. No, you, you go ahead. That's not an what you, you and I have talked about that before. That's not an age related behavior. That's something wrong or inappropriate with that individual, or maybe they're on the spectrum. And so it's not appropriate to stand on a table in a coffee shop, and certainly not if you want to be invited back. So if you're in charge of that event, you have to sit down with them and say, that's just not acceptable at this, at this event. And if they don't like it, they just don't get asked back. To me, that can happen with a <laughs> – I've seen 50-year-olds act that way, and I've seen 20-year-olds <laughs> act that way. I don't think that's age-based. Right. I think you're exactly right. You know, I think pretty much what all this boils down to is, you know, the uniqueness of this fandom in the fact that you have people all the way from, you know, they start super young, but we'll just stop at 18 for certain reasons. (laughs) From, you know, from 18 to 80... And we're all, we all have the same common interest, you know. Yeah. I think I think it all boils down to it doesn't really matter, you know. The nice thing about furry is, like I said, you you have to be open minded to to start. Um, our, we're pretty famous for the tolerance level of of the fandom, you know. We're all about tolerance, and that includes age. So, yeah. you know, I think it all boils down to we're all just here to have a good time and it doesn't, you know, that's all that really matters. All right. On that note, final thoughts on the particular topic. 
I'll jump in. Uh, we've been talking about age, but one of the things I love about the fandom is it's diverse in many aspects, not just age. If you look at the different kinds of jobs that people have, from doctors and engineers and IT people to truck drivers and cooks and people that stock in Walmart, there's an enormous difference in the kinds of things we all do for a living. And I love it. And yet we're all furries. Uh, interculturally, I, a friend of mine helps run a furry convention in Indonesia. I've traveled in the South Pacific, and Indonesia has a very different culture than what we're used to in North America. He showed me a picture, the fursuit picture, of all the fursuiters at that convention. And it, it nearly made me cry because I realized I could walk into that room with all those fursuiters in Indonesia, a very different place than here, and I would immediately be able to start talking and hugging and relating to those people the way I would here in California or New York or Canada or England. And so even though we can all be very different in other parts of our lives, be it age, culture, line of work, I think what we do, this common interest we share, really unifies us. And I love that about this. Very well put. What's your final thoughts? I think that was my final thought. Like, <laughs> you can't really, steal somebody else's final thought. Well, no, not that one. What I what I said before. You know, basically all it did, it, it, you know, um, Zarafa had it exactly right. You know, the, the diversity is what makes this fandom great. And like I said, it all boils down to we're all here to have a good time. And that's that's really all that matters. Nuka. Um, I guess I'll just reiterate the thing I was saying before that... Uh, these gaps are, are there, but if we take a little bit of time to, to reach across the, the gap and, you know, younger furs appreciates some of the history of the fandom and some of the older furs. And I think if the older furs take the time to, to sap some of the energy out of the younger furs and, and you know, uh, try, to, try to remember what it's like to be 18, 20 years old again, uh, I think there's a lot that they can learn from each other. And I think this fandom has some of that going already, and it's, it's great for that. I'm gonna repeat what I what I said before, um, but f first of all, before I do that, I have been the devil's advocate this episode. I honestly do believe that this is a place for this fandom. I mean, is a place for anybody and of any age, and so I I hope that. You know, the 80-year-old that's listening to the 18-year-old that's listening. If you're 17, you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I, I strongly believe that this fandom is for everybody. And so you have a place here. Never feel like that you um, have aged out of the fandom because that's a farce, you know. But anywho. So... On to the next stuff, just real quick. We have some stuff from the mailbag. Zip. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nuka's laughing because he knows. He knows. All right, so this email is from, you know what? I'm going to have you read it since you've been doing such a great job with the audio effects. 
Oh, thank you. I'm s- All right. From, I don't know how to pronounce this, Viri? Viri de Fox? Viri de Fox, I guess that's... So, I really love the show. I'm only in season two right now. You've got a long way to go, so you better hurry. <laughs> I would seriously love to meet you all. I don't live in SLC, but I travel there often. Thanks for the amazing content and all that you do. Ah, Well, thank you. I work hard on all of this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he does. Let me tell you. He does. Voss does a lot of work for the show that you guys don't see. He's he's sitting there edit in his cave editing the episodes. And he's like, oh, gosh, dang it, Rue. Why, why do you make my life so difficult? <laughs> it's okay. I'll just put random sound effects to make me laugh. No. <laughs> You can only do that because you have control of the editing. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so we have housekeeping. Housekeeping? Yes. So first of all, we want to um, thank our lovely cast, which I already did. Thank you, Voss. Thank you, Firebreath. Thank you, Tugs. I hope that you get feeling better. And thank you to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> and thank me. And thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for coming on to the show today and filling in for tugs. I really appreciate it. No problem. Yes. Also unnamed unnamed host special number guest. two. <laughs> also I wanted to thank Zarafa for coming on and also Nuka. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So uh, Zarafa if somebody wants to reach out to you and talk to you, how do they contact you? Uh, I welcome people contacting me. My telegram is simply at Zarafa. Um, my Twitter is at Zarafa Giraffe. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Great. And Nuka, how do they reach you? Second star on the right, straight on till morning. (laughs) You're never going to grow up, are you? I love it. I love it. I haven't yet. Yeah. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Firstheinz.com. There we go. Yeah, if people want to be part of your survey, where do they go? Forscience.com? Uh, yeah, or meet us at uh, Anthrocon or at uh, Furry Fiesta. Uh, possibly for No, just those two right now. Those are the only confirmed ones this year. Have you... Um, so the last episode that you were on, um, have you published any of your findings from that... Um, from that report that... That you ended up no I'm currently inundated under data right now we're, we're collecting all of the data right now entering it and uh, we're gonna put together a giant sort of here's everything we've learned in the last year uh, mm-hmm. because I need to have that ready to go in a few weeks for furry fiesta and the talk I'm giving there so uh, that's on the back burner right now but there are papers and uh, possibly books coming this uh, this summer 
Any new fun findings that you want to share? No, just just reams of data at the moment. I, I'm literally entering <laughs> thousands of surveys. <laughs> well, thanks again to both of you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Glad to be here. All right, what else do we have in housekeeping? Comment when on the we, site. When Go, does this oh. get, uh, what's the word, published, posted, and do we get a link so we can find it? <laughs> I, I will definitely be contacting you, Zarafa, to, to give you that after okay. um, after everything gets uploaded. So okay. For everyone else that wants to know when an episode is uploaded, tune into our Twitter yep. or huh. get our Telegram chat. We have a channel that will notify you when an episode releases. Also, okay. we have our good... Um, yes, we have our Telegram chat. We have social media. Um, oh, I did want to mention... <laughs> what um, is it? When it comes to our show, we do not spend any marketing dollars um, that we receive from Patreon. Um, oh, sorry. We don't use any of... Wow. Of the fell. Patreon money on marketing. <laughs> Thank you. It That's all goes to in. Adobe, the money grumbling corporation that we love to use. <laughs> so, if you want to um, donate to the show, please go to Patreon and donate there. But um, as far as the show itself, all that we are is word of mouth and where we post stuff on our social media sites. So if you want to support us, if you can't support us on Patreon, that's fine. Support us by retweeting and um, commenting on the show. So you, you talk uh, I'd about be happy Twitter to do that. Telegram. Send me a link and I'm happy to retweet. Retweet. Yay! Thank you, Zarafa. So, so you it. talk about the show's Twitter and the show's Telegram and the show's Patreon. What are they? Um, Send us well, a link in the chat. Yes, the links will be down below. At for what it's worth. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's it for this particular episode. So, this has been Rue. This is Click. And this is Zarafa. Oh shit, did we forget to unmute Tugs? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No. Oh no. And this has been, for what it's worth. Wait, you didn't say your name, Nuka. That's wait, okay. Wait, wait. No, no, let's no, start this over because our sound guy screwed it up. <laughs> no, no. All right, I'm not no. shutting it off until you say your name. And this okay, is so we're, we're restarting this. Okay, here we go. This Can I do my tugs line again? <laughs> That's way too funny. I'm not editing any of this out, wow. so you better yes, say your damn name. That's, that train just went off the track. Wow. Wow, okay. wow. Start okay. over. All right, here we go. Here we go. This has been Rue. And Click. Boss. And Zarafa. And? Hi, Rue. And Nuka. <laughs> no! Nuka, you're ruining the ending of the show. And this has Fine. been For, for What, what It's, it's worth. worth. This has been a dumpster fire.